The Redcast Podcast. It is the Redcast Podcast. It is me, Matty Orm, and I'm joined today by Steve after a win. Seems like every time we have you on now, Steve, we've won, so good omen. Well, what can I say? What can I say? You're missing me too much. Reds are missing me too much. Like, I'm like the, the Virgil van Dijk of the podcast. I'm well, darling. <laughs> what do you think of um, starting off? What do you think of the game then? Like Liverpool actually actually getting a win? It was it was fantastic, to be honest with you. Um, after the first 60 minutes, I thought we were just going to... I thought it was just going to be another one of them. And... Because the chances we created, we just couldn't seem to find the net. And I started to get a bit of a cob on, to be honest with you, after like after 55, 60 minutes and we still hadn't scored. And then I had to rein myself in. I was like, look, <laughs> a nil-nil will get us through. Yeah. But then I thought, nah, nah, we, we need to get some goals because we need to get some momentum going. Yeah, definitely. It, it was like... I, I in the in one of my group chats we were all sat there saying like what's Mane and Salah done in this game? Um they should probably come off. <laughs> and then they both <laughs> um but a few positives also it was Fabinho back in the six, wasn't it? Like how much different we Tiago especially benefited from that from that massively, didn't he? Yeah, um putting Fabinho in that uh, number six role, it just unlocks everyone in front of him to do what they do best. Um, like you've seen it for the was it the last how long did he come off on the previous game Fabinho in the midfield was it um, um, I've not, yeah he come on against um, Fulham didn't he and as well on the thing something like the 60th or 70th minute something like that yeah and you, you see the you see the effect he has on the players around him and you just can't buy that he's the best Klopp said it, didn't he, after the game? He's the best central defensive midfielder in world football. And it's it's crazy to to think that our, the best central defensive midfielder in world football has played centre-back for the majority of the season. But if anything, that game gave me a little glimpse of just how good Liverpool could be next year. Like, I'm pretty much right in the league. I mean, it's still mathematically possible that we can win the Premier League this year. Uh, yeah, come on. <laughs> mathematically, yeah, it's probably mathematically still possible we can get relegated as well if you want to look at it that way. But, but we, I mean, we weren't allowed the title last year because it was still mathematically no. possible. He was twenty odd points behind us, so it's I'm cl- clutching at straws, Steve. I'm clutching at straws about it. But it's for me that game. Show, next, I think we'll win the Champions League this year, and then I think next year we will piss the league again. I really do. And you look at that lineup and you look just how good Thiago Alcantara was in that game. Like, yeah. unbelievably good. Easily hands down his best performance in a red shirt. And that, for me, was all down to Fabinho being holding because then Thiago then knows I don't need to do no holding and no defensive, re- <clears throat> really, in this game. I can just go gun go in the attack and be creative. I mean, he attempted a base cook. No, you don't. You just don't see it. Um, he allows Thiago to be Thiago. He allows. I mean, even Genie Wijnaldum. He allows Genie Wijnaldum to be Genie Wijnaldum and not have to be that defensive midfielder as well as trying to be who you are. So it, it frees them to do 
ultimately what they do best and what we need from them. And then it then allows the three in front of them to, to you know, it gives them the confidence where I think in the past they haven't had that confidence to maybe be a bit show off or I don't know what the right way for it, but to, to try and do what they do best because in the past I think they've been a bit scared to for fear of, well, if we lose it, there's a good chance they're going to take the ball down the other end. And with Fabinho there, they've got that confidence that it probably won't happen. I know. It injected confidence into fans as well. It twisting it and it's a meltdown, didn't it, when it was announced that he was going to be number six. But we'll hit the stats. A 2 0 win doesn't, isn't, I think it's harsh on Leipzig, like 4 0 over the two legs. Because when you look down, when you look at the stats, they had 60% of the possession. Like, I know technically we, we was the home team, but we were still in Budapest. But they mm. dominated us on the ball, realistically, didn't they? And I mean, the first leg was down to two individual mistakes. That we scored two goals, nothing in corner was terrible. Now, yeah. I would say that this leg was down, the first goal was down to an individual mistake. Well, not an individual, a whole defensive line mistake, because it's almost as though they just stopped and went to Salah. Go on, score if you want. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think the build-up to that goal from our point of view was amazing. Um, we, we won the ball in our own half and it was a great team goal. And yeah, they stood off Salah, which is, you know, fatal ultimately for them. For anyone who wants to stand off Salah, he's going to punish you. Um, but it was a great finish. The placement, like, uh, right in the corner... Galaxy didn't move. I mean, maybe he's expecting his defence to, to do a little bit more, which he would. But Salah's done his job. Do you think that they were stood off him in a sense of the thought that he's just going to try and kill this in the top corner and Galaxy will have it covered like he, Salah usually does? Because I can't remember a time Salah's been in that position and not tried to bend him into the top corner. It's such a Salah thing to do, isn't it? That's his, yeah. that, that's his thing, and he's, I think he's tried it earlier on in the game as well, and skies it, hasn't he? Um, that is when you when you see a Salah goal, that's a, a typical Salah goal. He cuts it off the left, bends it in the far top corner, um, and he's he's fooled them all with that one, hasn't he? Yeah, completely, honestly fooled them. I mean, I was made up because <clears throat> not so much for Salah because he's. I mean, I'm made up. We won, but I'm more made up that Mane got a goal because. In recent weeks, he has been so poor. And I think he doesn't get spoken about how poor he's been because Bobby Firmino has ultimately probably been worse. Um, yeah. but, but for me, Mane's been really poor this season. Like, I can't remember the last time. I mean, Mane tries. He does try. Like, that Tottenham game, he was, he was really trying and things just weren't coming off from him. But you think back to that Fulham game and he was... I think the ball crossed into him and he tried to header it down when in truth he could have controlled it and volleyed it and it probably would have went in. And that you could see on some attempts from Mane in the recent weeks that he's just not got the confidence. So I'm hoping that that goal gives him the way of the confidence because ultimately we need confident players now, don't we, for the rest of the season? Yeah, um, there was one actually in that Leipzig game where Salah... Salah broke free. It was that that was that pass from Thiago that set Salah free. Um, where he he jumped and done this scissor kick pass that 
I can't even describe it. Like it was, it was unbelievable. Um, you wouldn't expect anyone to do any played Salah through. Salah put the shot away and they'll actually save it. But it come back out to Mane, and what Mane did was inexplicable. Um, he he hit like the ball come to him, and he basically headed it at his own feet. Like, <laughs> like how is that? How's that even possible? What he's done there? Um, but as I say, second half with that goal, he made up for it. And um, big up Divock Origi for that assist. Divock Origi and the Champions League are just a different kettle of fish, aren't they? Like, this is the Divock yeah, last week. Force he was still training at Melwood. Um, <laughs> he's the guy's an enigma, isn't he? Like, yeah, I mean, about it. usually when Origi comes on, it's, it's ultimately. A lot of fans would say game over. Not for in terms of we'd lose the game. It's more as though Klopp knows the game's done. And he's yeah. just trying to be it out. So when he came on, you thought, oh, is he just playing for the nil-nil? I mean, I was happy. If that would have been a nil-nil draw, I wouldn't have cared. We still would have been in the last days mm. of the Champions League. And then he comes on and ends up getting an assist. Like, yeah. that he's been he... awful. For, he couldn't even finish his dinner. He was on one and goal. And then he comes on oh. and bangs the he was uh, he was lively, wasn't he? he? He created a few little bits. He had a he had a shot that you know went wide, like. But <laughs> he looked like he was trying, which is unusual for that man. I know he never tries to look how he does. He, I mean, when you look when we look at the stats, um, we had twelve shots, seven on target, which is is good for for Liverpool in recent weeks. Really, we haven't been getting as many shots on target as many of the like. We only had four off target and one save by Galaxy. Um, yeah. But the one for me was our passes. Uh, we only made four hundred thirty six passes all game, but three hundred and thirty of them were accurate. So we had the seventy two percent pass succession rate. But for me, every single one of them three hundred and thirteen passes were we looked threatening. I think is the word I'm looking for. Like we looked as though we were actually going to do something every time we made. Yeah, there wasn't it. a lot. Of, there wasn't a lot of needlessly safe play, was there? Um, where you would think in a game like that, where we just what well, once you get that first half out the way, that second half you just need to see it out, and you would expect them to just you know knock it, knock it about sideways passes, backwards passes. You'd expect a lot of that, um, but I don't remember seeing particularly. Them doing that overly. I just want to have a little mention for Nat Phillips. Um, <clears throat> a few, I think it feels like a few podcasts ago, it was also a month ago now when me, you, and Jay was on, and he mm. went in on Nat Phillips, um, saying just how bad he was, saying all his passing and stuff like that. And at the time, he's not like he just slagged him off his safety. At the time, he was probably Reese Williams was performing better than him. Yeah. But Nat Phillips for me now is like a modern day Jamie Carragher in a sense of, he's not the best footballer, but he puts his art into the game, which ultimately overshadows his footballing ability. If you think back to Jamie Carragher, he wasn't unbelievable at football, but he had the heart nah. and the fight, and he had put his body on the line, and winning that game of football meant more to him than anything. Like, you think in Istanbul, he was tramping up and was still f- throwing tackles in in extra time and stuff, and that Phillips just reminds me a bit like that. Like, he's an old-school footballer, and I like it, you know. I, I proper like the old school in him. Like, in his stats on this game, he's, he just doesn't get beat. Oh, he got beat. Out of his aerial duels, he had eight aerial duels and won six of them. 
so for me, for a kid coming into his debut in the Champions League and winning six out of eight aerial duels, won five out of eight ground duels, had 70% pass succession, he, he, um, had seven long balls that were accurate. And I was just thinking back to when Jay said he tried to play the long ball and he, just, he tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he completed seven of them in this game. And do you know what? I am quite content with Phillips and Kabak for the rest of the season. I yeah, absolutely. Um, that. I mean, on top of the fact that they're, they're both doing well there, if that releases Fabinho into that midfield, I am all about that. Like, yeah. <clears throat> get, a, get a good partnership, whether they're experienced or whether they're young lads or whatever, get a good partnership of two actual centre-backs who can do a job there. I've got all I've got all the time in the world for that because that puts Fabinho in the midfield. Um, Nash Phillips, you, you were comparing him to Jamie Carragher there. Um, I put a model on the line of Sammy Appiah, to be honest. Um, big strong defender doesn't need all the pace in the world. Don't you think that's been a bit kind? Sammy Appiah was well. Yeah, no, I, oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying he's he's as good as. Footballer as Sammy Ethier was. What I'm saying is he's that he's more that type of defender where he will win the aerial duels and he doesn't need to be really pacey because he reads the game quite well. Um <laughs> let's have it, let's have it out. He's never gonna be Sammy Ethier in a million years. But I mean, you know, he's that type of no nonsense defender and he sticks to what he does best and he doesn't he doesn't try to do what he can't do. I just want to speak about Ouz um, and Kabach as well. Now, seen a few. Jamie Carragher slagged them off massively. I can't think after. I think it's been after the Chelsea game, and we'll get on to Jamie Carragher in a minute. Um, but <laughs> looking at Kabach, Ouz and Kabach doesn't get beat in the air ever. Just doesn't happen. He was in the top five uh, for aerial duels won in the Bundesliga. Now we know the Bundesliga is full of massive players you got the likes like Lewandowski Haaland and stuff and he was in the top five aerial duels one there um, mm-hmm. he actually made 27 accurate passes Kabak which was 77% he didn't lose an aerial duel for the whole game he done nine long balls and you know what his long balls are actually looking quite decent like he, he does try and like split the defence open and that with them um, the thing he's obviously not the best at is ground duels because he had four and only one half of them um, is he a player who you think we should maybe look at keeping? With at the end, I, I'm not too sure. I've seen people saying, "Oh, the loans are an obligation to buy." I've seen people saying the loans an option to buy. So if it is an option and we can send them back, would you or would you keep him? Um, I think it's I think it's too early to say at the moment. I would probably say. Send them back, um, which might sound a bit harsh. But if you look at what we're going to have in front of them next season, I think it won't do him any good and it won't do the club any good to have him there. I think he'd be wasted. Um, he hasn't done... He's done okay. Don't get me wrong. He's done all right. But I don't think he's done... He hasn't really been spectacular. Whether you want that from a defender, I don't know. <laughs> but at the moment, I don't... Think he's done quite enough to, to cement a place first team, which is what you want. With Kabach, I'm only thinking about keeping hold of him because 
you think of like Gomez might not come back now. He, the ACL injuries, look at the Ox from 1819 to now, he, he's a shadow of that player. I mean, I, I dare never say it because Van Dyke's out with an ACL, <laughs> but I think that man's a machine, so we'll come back sound anyway. But Gomez has snapped the tendon behind that, which is a, a ma- well bigger injury. It's a massive, massive injury to the point that he maybe never might play in the Premier League again. Now, that's worst case scenario, but I suppose if you expect the worst, anything best, then that's a bonus. But yeah. for me, I don't want another situation like this season where if Gomez is it is out for a few months or Van Dyke picks a knock-up, you're left playing kids again. So I think getting Kabak as the third choice, he's young, he's going to improve. His idols, Van Dyke's, we're going to improve under Van Dyke's like, leadership anyway. Yeah. And for me, I'd probably sell Joel Massa instead and keep Kabak because, although honest, when Joel Massa's fit, he's arguably one of the best centre-halves in world football, it's when he's fit, isn't it? That's the problem. I was going to get on to that as well. So if, if we do keep Kabak, I think, that will be the end for Joel Matter. Um, if you look at next season, I would, I would include Joe Gomez in next season, being optimistic. Um, so you've got Van Dijk, Gomez, Kabak, Phillips, and uh, Williams. They both have had a bit of experience now, Kabak, um, Phillips and Williams. So you wouldn't have that that major concern that we had at the beginning of this season over them. Um, they've played a few games. They've done all right. So I think them five should do it. Um, but again, that depends on Joe Gomez a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, massively. I mean, one player we can <laughs> forget is um, is Ben Davis. He's he's a little. Oh my player. god! Yeah. Um, I don't understand it to be honest with you because <clears throat> for me, Ben Davis could have played the Fulham game in my opinion, um, because he would have played against Fulham twice last year when he was at Preston. Fulham are a championship-level football club, so it would have been the perfect game. Or Sheffield United would have been the perfect game to throw him in. And we didn't even make the bench at Fulham, which makes you think, was he injured? Sheffield United didn't make the bench, and there was rumours he had a knock. But then if he was injured for Fulham, he was, in the, he was on the bench against Leipzig. So whatever the knock was, it can't have been that bad to the point that he couldn't have played. And I'm not, I'm not having that he, he was on the bench and he still couldn't have played on on Wednesday because if you're on the bench, you're fit enough to play, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You can't be putting injured players on the bench. You would rather put a kid who's never played the game before on the bench than an injured player because you just don't know what's going to happen. You can't, you can't afford to have someone... You'd rather have a, a blank space on the, on the substitute bench, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, we had a kid on there I've never heard of before, Harvey Davis, on our bench on the against them. Um, yeah, I've never heard of him. I don't even know what position he plays, and it's oh. it's more frustrating for him. If he's a goalkeeper, but why have we got two goalkeepers? This is this is me frustration at the minute. Why have we got two goalkeepers on the bench when we've got like Sir Leighton Clarkson and Jake Kane absolutely bossing it for the under twenty threes? Now, I know the jump from the under-23s to the Champions League is massive, but I'd rather have an attacker on the bench who you could maybe give a chance to. Because if, we're, if we were coasting that game 4-0, I would have liked to have seen kids come on, give them a little bit yeah. of a Champions League run out. So, I mean, we threw Reese Williams and that Phillips in to a Champions League game, so why couldn't we throw like an attacker like J.K. and you know, Clarkson in? And they haven't really made the bench this year. I mean, Clarkson made it more times than J.K. 
Um, but Clarkson bossing it, absolutely bossing it. I mean, he's got numbers like similar to to Rashford at in the under 23s at the minute, and that's <clears throat> one of them. Like, you've got to give the kids a chance, haven't you? Like, I'd yeah, even, yeah, I'd, I'd even throw some of the kids in the in the Premier League this year because the league's done in it. Uh, yeah, I think the league you can't. Uh... Top four's gone. Title, I don't know what you were chatting before, but the title's gone. Um, I think I, I would probably, do you know what, I'm torn on this, you know. Um, I don't know whether I'd rather finish even outside the UEFA, the, UEFA, the Europa League places, just concentrate on the Champions League and just swear the league completely. Well, you finish for all the league now. There's the UEFA Conference League below that. Oh, come on, they're just making stuff up now. Honestly, Leave us alone, just... <laughs> uh, I don't know what positions this one goes down to, but there's the Conference League and games are in, like, Kazakhstan and Albania, stuff like that. Nah, uh, I don't, uh, no, I don't want that. European football, I mean, maybe Jürgen's decided, like, being to Europa League final, being the Champions League final, I want to win the Conference League now, and that's why we're playing so bad. Probably could be... Uh, I, I don't think even... I don't even think teams like Sheffield United will want to touch that that league with a barge. Paul, to be honest with you, it sounds like absolute nonsense. Um, sorry, before we cut off, um, you don't want to be playing these these teams that you can't even pronounce every Thursday night in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I'd say I'd rather finish tenth and win the Champions League. I think we'll win the Champions League, honestly. Like. When was the last time Messi and Ronaldo wasn't in the quarterfinals, Steve? That was 2005. Wait, that final was in Istanbul. Fast forward. Yes, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of comparisons from that year. I don't know whether I sent you the um, did I send you that little that, that picture of all the different things that happened in 2005? No. But I, 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 I myself like Messi and Ronaldo not being in there. The fact the finals in Istanbul. Um, what else was there? There's a few. Other we, things. we beat the German team in the last sixteen. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm com- there's loads. I'm massively calm. I think this Liverpool side built for Europe. It always has been built for Europe. We're a different monster in Europe, and I still strongly believe we would have won the Champions League last year if it wasn't for Adrian and goal against Atletico Madrid. Because that defeat was down to him. <laughs> Liverpool, the, the other 10 players in front of him really, really tried. And there was a point where we were actually going through. And then Adrian decided to be Adrian. So, yeah, I do strongly believe we would have won the Champions League last year. Or went as far as the semis, maybe the final. So this year, <clears throat> when you've already got Messi and Ronaldo out of it, I mean, yeah, Mbappe and Haaland are still in it. But... Dortmund can't defend. Yeah, they've got Sancho and Haaland going forward, and even Bellingham to an extent. He's been decent this season. But they can't yeah. defend. Dortmund are pretty much in the same position as Liverpool this year. Like They're struggling to get into the Champions League places in Germany. But they're a lot more further off getting into it, I think, than Liverpool are getting into our Champions League places. Um, and Dortmund ultimately have to win a Champions League as well, in my opinion, to keep Champions League football, to keep all the players like that. But Dortmund always have that cycle where they have a boss team for a few years and then they get to the end of that cycle. They all get sold and then they get a new team again. So I don't I feel think... Like I, actually, 
yeah, very similar to Ajax. Like they're, they're very good with younger players. But I think because Dortmund can't... I, I honestly believe any German side that Liverpool Football Club facing this Champions League, we've got their number. Think back to Bayern Munich. Remember when they were a Finnish team when Liverpool beat them and they were all past it? And then they went and battered Tottenham the year after. And then they won the Champions League as well. Liverpool against German teams, I don't think we get beat. I think Jürgen knows German football better than anyone. And he knows how to play Absolutely. against German teams. Um, I would rather play Bayern Munich or Dortmund. I would, in fact, I'll go as far as to say the one team I don't want in that next round is Porto. Like I've, I've said this since I watched them beat Juventus. Um, they are a horrible team, horrible team. It'd be like playing West West Brom under Sam Allardyce, and that's been our issue this season. They were, they were set up as a. When they didn't have the ball, 6-3-1 formation against Juventus. Like Then they got a man sent off and it was just a 6-3 formation. It was like playing for Juventus, like playing against the brick wall. They were horrible. They, they were going through, on, it must have, I think they were going through on away goals or whatever with about three minutes to go. And about yeah. seven of them went down and cramp. And I'm like, I just hate playing against these. They've got Pepe in there. I just don't want to play against them. I'll take anyone else. Did you see Marco Gruwich get snapped, fall down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we beat Porto, to be honest. I don't think we get them, though, because I think your wafers know that all the pool scenes do is get Porto. I think, honestly, Man City get Porto. It's the it's the easiest tie left in it, really, isn't it? Um, maybe, maybe on paper, but I don't know, for anyone else who watched that Porto Juventus game, like they were, they were just they were exactly what we can't beat this season. That's what they were. They weren't great footballing team, but they were just that horrible getting like just break up the game, get in your way. We I don't think we beat them if we get them. Do you know what? I don't fear anyone. No one. Um people have said the biggest threat in the Champions League for me is City and PSG. Now not because of the teams. More because the soulless clubs, so they just run off money from the oil companies, and they don't really need fans. To be honest, like PSG, yeah, they've got a good following. They haven't got nowhere near the best fan base in in European football. Manchester City could argue after even got after even got a fan base, um, because they are all Gallagher. That's about it, isn't it? Yeah, well, I've seen City when fans were allowed in. They had influencer. Think jobs on um, job websites where they'd pay yeah. you to come and film your time at the game and put it on YouTube. So, wow. yeah, so to me, like, if you need to pay people to come and support you, then it says it all. Like, money can buy you a lot of things, but it can't buy you the passion. And obviously, no. that's my worry is about there being no fans. Like, if we were to have a bad first leg and then we had to come back to Anfield. Anfield this year, I don't know what's happened to it. Um, but I just think there's a very good loads of people saying Van Dyke's out for the season now. For me, why on earth would you include him in the squad if he was got if he's got no chance of playing this season? And he's out on the grass, he's running on the grass. I think Van Dyke's back a lot sooner than people think. But Jurgen Klopp doesn't want to come out and say, Oh yeah, Van Dyke's gonna be back on the first of March. Oh no, it's already been March, I mean first of April, yeah. and then 
he doesn't come back and all the fans go into uproar like, where is he? You said he was back. Has he had another knock and all that? Because look at Thiago, they come out and said, oh, it wasn't that bad. And then because it was bad, there was fans who were in uproar because he weren't playing as much as he should have been. So I think with Van that it's in a similar situation. And I do believe he'll be back probably for the maybe the last, the second leg of the quarters, maybe the, the first leg of the semis. Now, mm. one team I'd say I wouldn't really like to get is Atalanta. But then... Would that be played in a neutral venue? Because Italy's quite strict on the COVID, isn't it? I think that it all depends on all the, the restrictions in each country at that time because everything's changing at the moment, isn't it? We don't even well, know where we're going to be as a country. So You've seen Leipzig have got to pay us compensation for making our home like being through the pest because we could have had them. We could have hosted them, but they couldn't come. All right, OK. So they've all got right. to pay compensation. Um so we really, really want down the course is Real Madrid. Yeah, I mean, no, no yeah. game's going to be yeah. easy in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, is it? So, but did you see that against Atalanta? No. They couldn't. They, they had five subs. They couldn't put nine subs on there, and the five of them they had were kids. They're wow. in pro- they're in disarray like Barcelona, really. Like Atletico Madrid are buzzing off this COVID situation. They went and bought Suarez, and they're going to win the league, in my opinion. <laughs> Real Madrid are struggling for injuries. Um, Gareth Bale walked into that Real Madrid team. I still, to this day, can't understand why they let him go out on loan to Tottenham. Um, That's a personal issue, that. That's not to do with football. It's Zidane, isn't it, really? Like, Zidane and Bale, but yeah. I really want them. And I really, really, really want Van Dijk to be fit. And I really, really want there to be a call and where Van Dijk elbows Ramos square in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, VAR will send them off. <laughs> Joe, what speaking of VAR, what is the difference with Europa like European VAR to Premier League VAR? Now, this week in the Champions League, there was one game that had VAR controversy, which was the PSG Barcelona game. Who was the officials? I didn't even know there was an issue in that game. I didn't, I didn't watch it. Was it the English? Yeah, there was, it was English officials, English on VAR, and there was a penalty controversy. Like, they think that yeah. they gave a pen and there shouldn't have been a pen, or they didn't give a pen, that should have been a pen. There was something around, around the penalty. Now, look at that money goal in our game. It was touch and go, whether it was offside. 30 seconds later, it was on. We were told, like, it was like, yeah, that goal's confirmed. And when they show you the replay, they just show you the line dead quick and it says onside. Like why can't it be the, 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 the thing with that Mane goal is he's actually behind the ball, I think, when it's played. So where he isn't in line with the defender, it makes no difference because he's behind where the ball's played from. Well, and cross the two legs, anything that you thought, oh, this might go to VAR, was done within a few seconds. Now, a player goes down in the Premier League, it takes them five minutes to decide whether it's a foul or not. Yeah, yeah it's... Lines. Just to make people offside and stuff, and then it goes to show in the last World Cup, there wasn't a single English official in the World Cup. I don't think there was in the Euros either. Um, I think the last, yeah, I think the last English official to go to the World Cup might have been Howard Webb, potentially. Mm. As much as we hated him, he was a good referee, Uh, he didn't, didn't really get things wrong, and he just, I had, I know Fergie had him on his payroll, but that was just against us. <laughs> the other 30, 36 games of the season, he was decent. But 
that PSG game, like the minute you've seen there was a bit of controversy, you're like, oh, that's unusual in the Champions League. And then you see it was Anthony Taylor as the referee, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yes, that explains it, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous how bad our referees are. But I think, I mean, there's been a review into VAR as of this week. Um, Premier League clubs have started. Yeah. They've sent out um, questionnaires or surveys or whatever to all the Premier League clubs around VAR. Um, I'm expecting, you know, at least 18 of the clubs to wipe their backsides on the survey and send it back and say you can shove it, to be honest. Because it's been I awful. Mean, it's hard because it's all based on personal opinions again, like it was with the five substitutions. Um, yeah. But then you look at a team like, say, say Sheffield United. Now, they're going to go down this year. And Aston Villa are absolutely flying. But Aston Villa shouldn't be in the Premier League. Yeah, that that ghost goal or whatever it was, it's... Um, that, that, and the issue I've got with VAR is it was supposed to stop any sort of personal opinions getting in the way. It was supposed to be absolute facts. Like, yeah, you're onside, yeah, you're offside, yeah, it was over the line, no, it wasn't over the line, whatever. But it's even worse. Like, I don't get what it's done. It's supposed to improve the game, and for me, it just hasn't. VAR as as a technology is is good. It, it, it's really good. You see it used in Australian football, you see it used in cricket, you see it used in the Champions League. So as an actual technology, it's really good. Now, this will move me on to Jamie Carragher. I think he said on CBS in the Champions League how good VAR was, but it's the, basically the clowns that are controlling it. Now, I've seen so many lines this season, Drew, not just in Liverpool games, in other games. There's been so many bizarre offside calls where they're drawing a line. And to me, the line doesn't even look straight. Now, you could argue it's the way the camera angle is in the stadium and if it was level, that line would be level and it would be offside. But then why aren't they showing us that camera angle? There's enough camera angles around that, the football pitch these days to have one that's level with the players, to have one that's yeah. level with the linesmen. But they're doing it from up here. And they're drawing all these wonky lines. Like, the you look at the Mane goal the, the, against Everton, and the line was like that. Oh, was yeah. If it was like that, he would have been... That was like, quite clearly not straight. Yeah. yeah. There was one the other week, I think we talked about, when... Um, Firmino's big toe was a judge to have been offside, was it against Leicester, maybe? And yeah, where, where, yeah. when they've like analyzed yeah. it, it was the shadow of his foot that was offside. Yeah, they said like, that that, no, that that they um scored in a free kick the Madison one. He yeah. played that defender on side with his with his shadow. It's yeah. like it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But speaking of Jamie Carragher, what's your thoughts on him at the minute? Because I don't think there's many people in the, the Liverpool fan base, on, especially on social media, that really like him at the minute. No, he's... Um, it, it's, it's quite disappointing. Like, um, I was talking about this with, with Ashley the other night, saying, if he... Like, we all know he was a blue growing up. We all know he was a bit like a big Everton fan as a kid. You want to be an Everton fan, mate? Just be an Everton fan will just, you know... So about you, like, but we'll respect you for it and stick to your stick to your guns and don't pretend to be a Liverpool fan and or don't don't pretend to be a Liverpool fan and then be like a little Sky puppet and say what they want you to say and then when you're on another channel, say the opposite. And he need he needs to just pick a pick a place and stick to it. 
and then I think we'll have a bit more respect for him. Yeah, respect. Like that CBS one, <clears throat> there's a video of him going to like Michael Richards. We're going to Istanbul and he's saying yeah. something. Oh, I don't know. You've never played in one or <clears throat> all stuff like this. And for me, I seen a tweet saying like I'm that they weren't happy with it. And I agree. Like he was calling Liverpool mentality midgets against Fulham the other day. He was saying, I played in Liverpool teams that are bad, but not this bad. I'm sorry, Jamie, but you didn't win the Premier League. So this Premier this this side might be bad at the minute. But they're nowhere near as bad as some of the sides that you played in. He played in sides with Bishkan, Traore, <laughs> played in sides with Konchesky, uh, Danny Wilson, our summer signings, which Konchesky, Danny Wilson, and Joe Cole. We had um, Kiriakos. Ivanovic. Ivanovic. I played like Andy Carroll. And he's saying that this side's worse than the sides he's played in. Is it, eh? It's not. And I don't like the fact he sat there going, oh, we're going to Istanbul and being all happy, acting like he's some big Liverpool fan on American TV. And then on Monday, if, if Wolves start turning us over, he'll start slagging us off again. <clears throat> he's got but, Rupert Murdoch hand in his pocket, hasn't he? Yeah, well, Bill Shankly once said, if you don't support us when we lose, you don't deserve to support us when we win. And given his comments in recent weeks, he doesn't deserve. If we go to Istanbul, I don't want to see him there. Because, I mean, obviously, yeah, and- he's Jamie Carragher, but I don't want to see him there because he's slagged us off all season. If you don't, yeah, we've been bad, but every Liverpool fan, as I know the team's been bad, hasn't sat there, hounding the team. The ones who have aren't proper fans and weren't around in the Hodgson days. Jamie Carragher played in them Hodgson days. Apparently, he's a Liverpool fan now, but you can sit there and slag the team off on a Saturday, but then when they win a game, you sat there singing, going, oh, we're going to Istanbul. Leg it. I don't care. I'd rather yeah. support Everton. Yeah, that's it. I mean, just pick a side. Don't um, don't slag us off on Sky because it suits an agenda for who you're working for. You know, if they're saying, "I'll oh, say something controversial," say something against Liverpool, you just tell them to leg it. We all put in the comparison to Stevie G at the minute, right? Who made up he made up his one up there. Not happy for the team because they're a bunch of Union Jack Wave and Queen loving fans. However, <laughs> I'm made up for Stevie. I don't like yeah. Rangers. I don't like them. Um, and I think most Liverpool fans are in the same boat. It's not, not so much as like I've seen a tweet the other day from a United fan saying Liverpool fans only like Celtic because you never walk alone. No, it's, it goes much deeper than that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm made up for Steve. But then Liverpool are playing terribly. And you see an interview we done on ITV the other day and they're talking Liverpool will do it playing bad. Gerrard's flying. It's easy to say Klopp could go. You're going to come in, and he just dismisses it and goes. Liverpool fans don't want me. You don't understand how much we love Jurgen Klopp. You've got Liverpool's arguably all-time greatest footballer sat there saying, "When Liverpool are currently sitting eight, four, ninth in the league, playing terrible, saying Liverpool fans love Klopp and they don't want me. They want Klopp." Yeah. And then you put his, his counterpart. He was speaking as a real Liverpool fan there, wasn't he? Yeah, the Gerard is is a Liverpool fan. He's he's a Liverpool fan from a kid. He, the club means the world. When he says that so much, I mean, though know, he's the Rangers manager, he's always putting stuff on about Liverpool on social media, always like putting on that he's watching the game and stuff. He absolutely and he still says us and we when he talks yeah. about Liverpool. And like he's, he said he, he does want to manage one day, but not now. It's not He's not ready yet. And I completely agree with him and I like his honesty because I think Gerard needs to go to like a, maybe like a Norwich or someone who comes up, or Watford or Brighton or someone in the Premier League and do something with them. Maybe do like what Moyes yeah. just Getting West Ham into like Champions League places, do you know what I mean? Like, if Gerard yeah. does that, yeah, he can come to the pool. But 
Klopp's here till 2024, whether some fans like it or not. And if people don't want Klopp here, they don't know footy. You just don't know football no. because Jurgen Klopp is our best manager since Bob Paisley. Easily. He is. Um, you can't... <clears throat> All these idiots who are, you know... Don't get me wrong, Klopp is not above criticism. No one at the club is above criticism. And we were playing rubbish, so... Rightly or wrongly, in your opinion, whatever, he did deserve a bit of criticism for what was happening. But I would never in a million years want him out. He's the best manager in the world. What do you do if you get rid of him? Who do you bring in? You don't bring Stevie in. He hasn't earned the stripes yet. Like, he's not. He's won one title in the Farmers League. Yeah, all right, well done. But he ain't ready for Liverpool. And you say, Jürgen Klopp, again, not above criticism, but you you don't get into the best manager in the world because of a bit of a poor form. He's the best manager for Liverpool going forward. I mean, you think back to <clears throat> Paisley. I said this on the pod, the last podcast on with Jay and Dean. Bill, Bill Shankly was so loyal to players that he had to tell Paisley to tell Ian St. John he weren't in the start 11 anymore. Pay, Shankly then, he had four, in his last four years, the last year he started getting rid of players and he spent the next three years rebuilding Liverpool and left that Liverpool squad to Bob Paisley who won everything. The most decorated yeah. British manager of all time. I can see something similar with Klopp. He knows this squad needs an overhaul. He's probably going to spend the next three years of his contract making this squad world-class again, winning Premier Leagues, winning Champions Leagues in the process and then Stevie will come in. I think if Stevie he's was... Going to leave the next, he's going to need, leave the next manager with a squad that is ready to go, like that is ready to win everything. The way he come in, and he, <laughs> like even the owners have apologised to him, haven't they, for the state of the squad they give him? Yeah. Um, like he's not going to do that. It's going to be the opposite for him. He's going to leave the club at the top with a world class squad for whatever manager comes in and takes over. Speaking of FSG, what what's your stance on them? I've seen a lot of people calling for them to be out lately again. <clears throat> because of lack of investments and the blame in this season on on FSG. Not the fact that there's no fans in the ground and our best centre-half, probably the best centre-half to ever play the game of football, is injured. But it's FSG's fault. What's your, what's your stance on them? No, I'm not having that. Um, FSG have backed Klopp all the way. They, you know, we, we, needed, we needed the goalie to win out and got the... the at the time, the most expensive, best goalie in the world. We need to defend it. They went out and got the most expensive defender in the world. If Klopp really wants a player, they back him and they get the player. Like I don't know, I don't know what the situation is between Klopp and the the, the owners. He has Klopp hasn't come out, has he, and said, "I want this player," but they've said no. In the years he's been here, he's always, always spoke very highly of the owners. The only time he's really went at them a bit is when. Over the centre half issue, do you know when this so much this transfer window just gone? He um, sort of the the dig, and then after that, they went and bought Kabak and Davis. So, yeah, like you you got to take a look at it's people people wanting the mouth have got really really short memories. Like look where we are when they came in, and look where we are now. Yeah, I was saying about this on on transfer the other day that you look at they've given us a main stand, a new main stand, and they're extending the Anfield Road. So that's ex. Yeah expanding on the longevity of Liverpool Football Club. Mm-hmm. And then the road's done. When all the three sides are done, 
I think it's going to be like a 70 odd thousand seat stadium. So that then yeah. allows fans in, people who moan about tickets, they can now come and watch us because there'll be more mm-hmm. seats. It extends the longevity because more fans can keep coming in. Then if safe standard does come in, then it's going to more or less double the capacity, it's like 140,000. Um, so they've done that. They've given us, I think it's the best training complex in world football at the minute. I think, oh, it's up there. It's definitely, definitely up there. It looks phenomenal, doesn't it? Yeah, it, I think like the facilities within it, I, I think they are one of the best in, in the world. They named the door after James Milner. I remember, Steve, when, when Hicks and Gillette was in, I've seen people scrapping in the ground. Our own fans scrapping. Like when, when, during that period, people marching on the streets to get rid of them. It was dark that days. Was the, that was just such a terrible state of affairs under that one. Yeah, it, it was dark, dark days. They've come in and we're not in debt. We're a self-sustained club. Like there's other clubs taking people have spent loads of money in the summer transfer window, yeah. But every single one of them, the detectives on Twitter would go through companies' house like you wouldn't believe. And the amount of clubs that have took out bank loans to buy said players, they need to pay them back. Liverpool yeah. are not in debt. They got Kabak and Davis in for two million total. Mm-hmm. So they're not in debt, they're a self-sustained club. They've given us a gorgeous new stand, and the next two stands are probably going to be as good as it. They've given us a brand new training complex. They've given us Van Dijk. They've given us Jürgen Klopp. Yeah. We listen to the fans. When Rodgers was there, everyone was saying, they'd love Klopp, they'd love Klopp, they'd love Klopp. And everyone was saying, oh, it might not be um, realistic because he's on a sabbatical for a year. They went and got us Jürgen Klopp. They did speak to other managers. I think Jürgen Klopp, Jürgen Klopp being available is probably, at the time, the only reason Rodgers lost his job. Well, when they speaking to Ancelotti as well, didn't they meet him in New York? I don't know. There, there sure? was there was all sorts of silly rumours going around at the time, wasn't it? Because again, it was at the time we were, you know, we were in the, the best form at the time, was... where we, yeah, we 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 almost won the league the year because we almost won the league the year before, and then we had a drop off in form the next year. And people <laughs> yeah, questioning Rodgers. Yeah, it's a typical Brendan Rodgers thing, isn't it? Fall off after. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I, d- I don't know what the situation is in any club, but if arguably the best coach in world football becomes available. <laughs> you, you've got to get him in. Doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter who you've got there and how you're doing. If he becomes available, you take him. I mean, I'm not an FSG in by any stretch of the margin, but I'm also not an FSG out. I do agree with some people that FSG Liverpool are now are at a point where we do need more investments in order to take that next step to win everything every year. Yeah, but and I can honestly see Liverpool investing massively this summer because you think the last time Liverpool were noticeably bad was after Kiev with Carius. They went and sorted yeah. it. They know Liverpool, yeah. the Liverpool team now needs a bit of an overhaul, and I can see them doing it. And you know what? I've said it on the last few podcasts. I genuinely do believe Kylian Mbappe will come to Liverpool. I'm not going to sit and get into I hope it, you're right. but I, I do. Think... Do you know what? Any, I, I think any fan. Of any club in the world would be like Kylian Mbappe's coming. Happy days, we're going to win the league because <laughs> him, maybe Haaland, them too. If they <laughs> imagine if they both come to the Premier League, they're the next. I think Haaland and Mbappe, they're the next. Going to be the next uh, Messi and Ronaldo competition in world football. I don't really want Haaland to come to the Premier League because I think he'll end up at City. <laughs> That's, yeah, I mean, he's such a dangerous player, isn't he? 
He scored 20 goals in the Champions League in 12 games. He's 19. <laughs> he's made the Champions League look easy. He's scary. Yeah, he's so, 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 so good. Um, but yeah, I I do think they'll invest. And with, with Mbappe, it's more like, why would Nike let him go and wear a Real Madrid kit, which is Adidas? Real Madrid are skint at the minute as well. And PSG can't demand 200 million for him because clubs will just say, nah, you're all right. Wait till January and go to a Kylian Mbappe. All right, mate, what do you want? And get him for nothing. Which Sorry, is... I thought you went again. Just didn't make it enough. Go say that again. <laughs> so, yeah, like, with Mbappe, Mike aren't going to want him in a Adidas kit. And PSG can't exactly say, oh, we want £200 million for him. Because clubs will just go, all right. And then in six months' time, clubs can negotiate with him for nothing. I know, I know. It's, it's, it's a tricky one with all these um, all these players being like associated with the with a brand, isn't it? Yeah, but Mbappe's rejected free contract offers from PSG as well, so he's definitely gone. Yeah, it's just yeah. I, 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 can't, I, I can't see him staying there. Full stop. But I think he's going to We get him, and imagine if we got him and Haaland. Wouldn't win forever. I don't think it'd happen because I think Mbappe's going to want about 400 grand a week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't but... think any club in the world can afford both of them at the minute. The only way Haaland doesn't go to City is if PS is if Messi goes to City, which I can see happening because then yeah. he can go from City to New York and stay with that City football group and become an ambassador, work under Pep, mm-hmm. and that cheeky Bergerstein again. Um, we had the City fan on a few weeks ago and he, he basically said like all the reasons why he could come and it did change my perception a little bit on it so I do think he'll go there but yeah. I'm not bothered if he does he's finished apart from that goal did you see it against me <laughs> oh it was an absolute rocket wasn't it yeah unbelievable. Like it just flew off his foot keeper because I've had two keepers in there is he 34 Messi now Um, I don't know probably I, I don't know his age but and he's hitting shots uh, like that. Just it's just unstoppable. Like, I don't think you it doesn't matter how old you get. Messi will probably be bouncing around at sixty five years old and still be able to ping them in like that. You don't lose that. Yeah. He's I mean, I'm more of Ronaldo. I am Messi for technical ability and how he plays the game, but Ronaldo can do it on his own. We've seen it with Portugal. Messi hasn't really done it yeah. in Argentina. Um so people compare Messi to Maradona, but I'd say Maradona's a better player because he managed to get the World Cup for, for Argentina Messi. Maradona, just again, but one of the arguably the best player I've ever seen kicking football, Maradona. There's there's yeah. a lot of hate for him from like my dad's generation. Um I love him. I think, buddy. I think he's a legend. Just um, just an unbelievable footballer. He'd love it in the Liverpool, big Diego, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> but anyway, moving on to the Wolves game. Um, Liverpool, in the last five away games, have won three and lost two. Um, in that time, we've scored eight goals. Mo Salah's the top away goal scorer with ten goals. Can you see a win? Yeah. Um, I, I think now that Assuming we can keep them three, the two defenders and Fabinho there, I don't yeah. see us having an issue for the rest of the season now. Um, but I said this before: every time we win one game, we all get excited, don't we? And think, you know, it's, it's all back to back to our best again. I don't 
think we'll be at our best. But I think, assuming that that defence and Fabinho stays there, I think we'll, we'll we'll squeeze through that game with a win. Can you not see a Jota hat trick now? Goals, <laughs> come and show them why they should not let him go. Do you reckon he'll play Jota? Yeah, international break after this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, to give him a good rest. And they've had, had to go five days, won't they? Um, we need I would to, love to see a Jota Hattrick. I'm not going to lie, I would love to see a Jota Hattrick. Yeah, in any game. <laughs> We do. We I, can't. I just, I just can't, I can't imagine him having that good of a game against Wolves. I, I don't know. I, I reckon he might, he might bag one. Patrick might be a little bit optimistic. He, is, is this another one of your four nil, four nil wins? Is it this week? I've been going seven lately, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I. Jimenez isn't back yet, is he? No, I think he's barely back in training, isn't he? Yeah, just recently. So I'm confident with, with Wolves. Uh, I think the international breaks come at the perfect time for Liverpool. We need it. We need a break. Klopp's not letting any of them yeah. go in. No juicy. That's like a week or two weeks of just focusing on tactics. The business end of the season now is more important than ever. Do I think we'll get top four? No. Do I think we're going to go on a winning run? Yeah. Starting with the Leipzig game. I think we beat Wolves on Monday night. Because um, Liverpool are notoriously quite good on Monday night football, aren't they? I, I think. I'm sure we are. Think, well, let's, let, let's make it... Let, let's just say, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we'll start it this Monday. Who was it? The Tottenham game was on a Monday, weren't it? No idea. No idea. Teams that come and attack Liverpool were better. Against and Wolves aren't going to come and sit back yet. They play five at the back with the attack. And Fabio Silva will be decent in a few years, but he's not decent now. My the biggest threat for Wolves is, is Neto. Even a Dharma Traore, in fact, I didn't forget, I forgot about that last season. The Dharma Traore is kept quiet because Van Dyke matched them for pace. Yeah, now Kabak and Phillips against the Dharma Traore doesn't fill me with the utmost confidence. <laughs> No, I know. Um, I think he normally plays a Darwin out wide, doesn't he? Um, yeah, so it'd be against. He's normally like his right wing, left wing, whatever. Um, can you see the Spirito Santo playing him down the middle and targeting our, our inexperienced defenders? I think he'd be stupid if he didn't. Yeah, um, that's what I'd do. For sure, that's what I'd do with a player like that. He's, um, you know, he, he, he's got a game in him where he can be a world beater, but he's also got games in him where he, he's kept quiet and you don't even know he's playing. He'd frustrate me, to be honest, if I was his manager or if I was a fan of what a team he was playing in because you can see he's capable of so much. Yeah, he's... I think if he worked under someone like Klopp, he'd be a different animal. I, I think, although as much as I think Nuno's one of the best managers in the league, I think he needs a world-class manager to take him to the next level. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You need a manager who's uh, happy to, what was it, um, was it baby oil he was throwing all over his arms in one of the games so that the defenders couldn't get a grip of him? Oh, <laughs> He's so fast, isn't he? But yeah, no, before... 
what do you reckon your starting eleven is then? Score prediction. It's probably going to be fairly similar to the Leipzig game. I probably, do you know what? I would probably stick with that eleven. I couldn't like. Maybe I would. Maybe I'd drop Genie off for Curtis Jones. Maybe, but I think even that'd be a bit harsh on Genie. Um, I, I I don't see a change in that first eleven. Or your score prediction? One nil. I think it'll be a pretty, pretty drab game to be honest with you, and, I, and I'd be happy to, to scrape through with a one nil. Um, it's, it's another. It'd be another goal. It'd be another win. Bit of momentum. I'd be happy with that. I would love, I'm with you in the sense of I'd love Jones to play. Because um, I think it's harsh on him because he's been our best player in recent weeks. Yeah. But then Wijnaldum's the club captain at the minute. Yeah. Yeah, if you haven't got Henderson, you haven't got Milner. Yeah, so he needs to... You haven't got Van Dijk. <sighs> Still sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know, wait. Maybe, maybe Thiago has a rest. I think he might go off to Spain because um, their the protocol is a bit different with COVID. Um, I might, I'd go as far as maybe saying for changing Kabak for Davis to add that little bit more pace. Davis is a little bit faster than Kabak. Um, and we don't really need Kabak's aerial ability when you've got Nath Phillips. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, so potentially that could happen, give Davis a run out. Um, but if Dave, I just beginning to think that Davies was bought profit. He's meant to be worth ten million. We got him for one point five million because his contract was nearly up. I think we'll sell him in the summer for like ten million to a team that comes up. Yeah, he showed he showed no sign of even wanting Davies anywhere near the pitch yet, has he? No, not one. Um, and if you're cruel on him, like he's he was playing week and week out for Preston, Boston, and then he comes and and doesn't get played. But yeah, I, I can see a similar lineup. Um, Probably the same lineup to be honest, because I don't think Bobby gets back in the teams. Jota has looked sharp, like really, yeah. really sharp. Missed, he did miss a couple of chances, didn't he, against Leipzig? Um, but he was getting in positions, he, you know, he won the header that for that chance, got tipped over. The one we took it on his left foot and it went wide again, he was in the right place, but just couldn't finish it. I think he's got a goal coming, definitely. I'm going to say 4 0. <laughs> Four nil Curtis Jones screamer by any chance? If he plays, yeah. Um, <laughs> nah, I reckon it'll be. I reckon Mane is going to get two, and Joss is going to get two. Because um, I can see us maybe playing a similar system to what we played in recent weeks, where Salah hasn't been the most advanced attacker. He's been a bit more of a right wing back. Yeah. And um, matching them on the pitch, I think we target Connor Cody. Um, as good as he is in a back five, I think he's he's like a Dejan Lovren with a mistake in him. Yeah, and I think without him and his Wolves, we've seen them fall off this season. I think where Liverpool rely massively on Van Dijk, I think Wolves rely massively on him and his. So I'm quite. Confident. They have had a huge drop off. I, I I tipped them to be a surprise this season. Uh, I just didn't realise it was going to be a shocking surprise. <laughs> like, I know. I mean, I'm I tipped Everton. And I'm, I'm gutted that it's come true. To be honest, but <laughs> <laughs> didn't expect Everton to be above Liverpool. Like, 
Um, but there's a few good games this week this weekend to be honest with you. So I think Liverpool need to win. Like when you look at a few of the games that are happening in and around us, especially. Um, I mean Newcastle playing Villa today. Obviously Villa's we're going to win that. But you've got Leeds playing Chelsea at, at Leeds' ground. I can see Leeds yeah. maybe getting some points there. Mm-hmm. Everton are playing Burnley at home now. We know Burnley love coming and um, beating people on Merseyside now, don't we? Yeah. Um, I could see maybe Burnley getting a draw out of that. And then you've got Arsenal playing Spurs, which is a big game, and then United playing West Ham. I'm now in the position of wanting Manchester United to win West Ham because I don't think we catch United, but I think we can catch West Ham. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you get any anyone in that top four to be honest with you. I think pretty much out of reach. West Ham, West Ham fifth now, are they? Fifth on forty-eight. But if United beat them, Liverpool and Liverpool win against Wolves, we go two points behind West Ham. Yeah, they have a game okay. in hand, but I'm sure they're game in hand against someone like Chelsea or City or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, catching United is not even not doable because they're only on 54 points, but that's like nine points ahead of Liverpool now. Um, no, 11 points ahead of Liverpool, sorry. So, I can, and with the Arsenal game, we are need, we need to win and we need Arsenal to beat Spurs, ideally, because Spurs are two points above us with a game in hand. And we could do yeah. with Everton dropping points to Burnley because if Everton drop points to Burnley, we go above Everton. So that, we need we, a lot of things to go our way, don't we? But on top of that, we also need to do the business ourselves. Yeah, and that's the frustrating thing because Everton's went Liverpool's way in recent weeks and we haven't done this. Yeah. That Fulham game, Everton went our way that weekend. Everton, we could have yeah, um, and Liverpool. We, we, looked at it, we looked at the run fixtures, didn't we, a while back, saying they're all winnable games. We've only really I got think... a now out yeah. of the big teams. Um, but I would prefer, in this season, I prefer a run-in of all the big teams now, to be honest, because we've been yeah. all right with them. Yeah crap against the, the lower teams so I'm classing Wolves as a big team and I'm thinking a 4-1 win maybe for, I'd take 3-1 because that's we don't Tottenham and um, West Ham 3-1 so I'd take that as well to be honest. I'll just take a win to be honest with you Steve yeah, Any... I'll, say, I'll, I'll take a scrappy 1-0 win and move on I mean, we've seen us score a goal for the first time in weeks so a win's doable isn't it <laughs> I reckon so yeah yeah, nice one for coming on. Hopefully one of us are right. 1-0 or 4-0. Don't doesn't really matter. Three points is what matters at the end of the day. But well I called the I called the Leipzig result, didn't I, on Twitter. Yeah. Um I see but I didn't put my money where my mouth is. So I think I've I've had me I've had me uh me luck for the rest of the season. So I don't think I'll get another one right now. I never know. Hopefully. If, if, I'd, I'd say if you're not being right as long as I'm right. If, if we're both right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for coming on. If you watched on YouTube, don't forget to leave a like, rate, and subscribe, and a comment. You may think it means not, but it helps the podcast go a long way in the YouTube algorithm. Listen on Spotify and Apple and stuff. Uh, make sure you follow it. Smash them on Spotify and Apple at the minute. A nice one to all the, the fans across the world. They've got a big fan base in America, so nice one for that. Um, massively appreciate it. We've been Redcast. Thanks one for listening.